11 o'clock, good morning, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here on this fine Wednesday morning. We're talking fantasy sports for the next hour here before we give way to Alan Mitchell and Declan Kruger on the lowdown with Low Tide. Of course, we always love your feedback into the text inbox. one 401 is the best way to reach us. You can also get us via the old email, Connor at Sports 1440 and Brandon at Sports 1440. If you want to get us any other way, I don't know. I guess you could hop on Twitter or X at Connor Halley at B underscore A underscore D 1727 at Fantasy Frenzy and at Sports 1440. The show, as always, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, Alberta's best beef jerky, locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. Check them out online at wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Today on the show, uh, we'll, we'll be doing what we've been doing for a little while here, but we'll talk a little basketball as well. Maybe some daily fantasy picks you might want to look at. The Raptors kick off their season tonight at 5.30, taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves. We need some vengeance on Minnesota after what happened with the Edmonton Oilers and the Minnesota Wild. Maybe, maybe Scotty Barnes. Maybe he's the guy this year. Maybe Pascal Siakam has a big one. Maybe it's Grady Dick, the rookie. Maybe he'll have some big shots. He could be a cheap option. We'll, uh, we'll dabble in that later on in this show. Uh, we will also get to our Fantasy Wizard brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Today we'll have Stephen Ellis joining us from Daily Faceoff. Also uh, covers the Maple Leafs for the Leafs Nation, part of the Nation Network. Great folks at the Nation Network. Man, if you had Austin Matthews, nah, seven goals on the season. Busted out of his slump. He's back. Look out, uh, Brandon. Uh, obviously, we'll touch on the Oilers a little bit here because we kind of have to for the uh, old fantasy frenzy aspect of it. Uh, what did you make of the game last night? And and how, what was the, the feedback? I mean, people had a couple hours to sleep on it. Hopefully, you didn't lose any sleep over that game last night. But for, through 40 minutes, you know, you're feeling pretty good. And then the wheels fell off in the third period. Yeah, the, my biggest frustration coming out of a game like that, and, and this can be put with a fantasy spin on it as well, is is the Jack Campbell situation. And, and Kevin and I beleaguered this point pretty heavily throughout the morning that if you were to ask Jack Campbell himself, that second goal, yes, you can say that the rebound uh, kind of got cleared away from him as he was trying to corral it by the defenseman, but he'll be the first guy to tell you that that's a shot that needs to stick to you as a goaltender. That's one of six goals that got past Jack Campbell, the, the seventh, of course, being the empty netter. Jack Campbell was terrific. He held them in that game throughout the entirety of the second period. The amount of point-blank saves he made in tight, kicking them out. Like I, I thought Jack Campbell was great. I thought Warren Fogle played a really good game, and I thought Evander Kane had a really strong performance. Of course, he was a bit of a hot-button topic after his comments, which, depending how you took them, was it a complaint about ice time? Was it just simply a, a matter of fact, which you know he said it was, and, and he wasn't lying uh, when he kind of clarified those comments um, with Speck after the initial interview with Scott Oak on Hockey Night in Canada. So those three guys kind of stood out to me on a positive aspect in what was not a very positive night by the time it was over for the Oilers. Uh, but on the defensive side of the puck, it was it was to a man, uh, and that's the the phrase I use right off the hop this morning. To a man, uh, lack of awareness, lack of attention to detail. Whether it be Evan Bouchard hard on his stick, both tying guys up in front of the net, or fe- uh, getting pucks off the like rims off the wall, or even like I, I sent this text back to somebody who sent in this morning. I will defend Ryan Nugent Hopkins and his value to this team till the day I die. And it is incredibly valuable. But 
he's he's going through a bit of a tough stretch right now defensively for sure. He's several times missing his assignment last night, and uh, and yeah, the the high score sure probably made some uh, some fantasy owners happy, especially if you're a, a true diehard oil fan and you did have Warren Fogle or say <laughs> uh, Evander Kane, probably a little bit more likely. But uh, other than that, a, a tough night for for oil country, and uh, I'm really. Interested to see how the oil bounce back with the big uh, Wall of Fame celebration. A lot of alumni in town uh, when the Rangers are here tomorrow. Yeah, Doug Waite, Charlie Huddy going into the Oilers Hall of Fame will be interesting. Uh, I'm just going to say this once. Potentially, depending on what league you're in, Evan Bouchard might have been a good fantasy play as well. Potentially. That might be the most frustrating part about it. We had, I think we had a text this morning that said, uh, on pace for 109 points and to be a minus 109 all at the same time. So it's uh, it's always a bit of an adventure with Evan Bouchard. We know what he's capable of in the offensive zone, running a power play. But uh, if we if we eliminate the fantasy aspect and just glimpse at it from a real-life lens, it's uh, it's tough sledding right now for Evan Bouchard on the, on the blue line for the Oilers. Ryan Hartman, fantastic in that one. Five points, three goals. An Oilers killer. Didn't even have to shoot the puck on his final goal. Just kind of <laughs> bobble it into the net. Uh, tough one for the Oilers, but hey, let's let's talk some fantasy sports because that's what we're here to do. And uh, you guys can take a 55-minute break from the Oilers. Low Tide, I'm sure we'll share his thoughts of that coming up at noon. Uh, this one comes in from DK. I tried to come out for Lamar Jackson in my standard league of record. My league was upset. Not sure why. Well, I mean, I I just... I would assume whoever got Lamar Jackson wins that trade, but I mean, maybe, you know, if you acquired Kamara, you have good quarterback depth. I mean, I don't think that's the worst trade I've ever heard. We've had some come in here where we're like, that's not a good deal for either side. Like, that's just ridiculous. But I don't know, Brandon Kamara for Lamar Jackson, if one team has a couple quarterbacks and maybe one's already gone past the bye week and you think he's better than Lamar Jackson, I can see trading him away for a running back. This is something we say over and over again almost every day is that the trading thing in fantasy sports is all about addressing needs and the situation that you're in as an individual or your trade partner is in as an individual. Lamar Jackson, and and tell me if I'm wrong, Connor, but I think coming into this season might have got slept on a little bit as a quarterback, Um, maybe, of course, behind uh, probably some of the bigger names, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, maybe even uh, Joe Burrow. We all know Lamar's capabilities with his legs, but it's kind of been of a tough couple seasons for the Ravens in that offense. And now they bring in Todd Munkin, um, Zay Flowers. We've 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 been his hype man since pretty much day one of the season. He finally has a legitimate receiver. OBJ, not so much, which was a lot of the hype. But so I think Lamar probably didn't get as much love come draft time, um, whatever. Now a couple months ago, so I think it's very possible that players might have had both Lamar Jackson and say another quarterback, maybe a surprise when they picked up off waivers, a CJ Stroud, um, a Tua Tungavailoa, something like that, where now you have the luxury of trading Lamar Jackson away and you need running back help because the Saints are a disaster, but Alvin Kamara is still a very valuable uh, chit to have when it comes to fantasy football. Yeah, I mean, the guy can still play. He's got the fresh legs coming off that suspension. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly think that for you know certain scenarios depending on the league you can definitely justify making that trade for both sides kind of cool i saw the stat from uh, pro football focus four games for lamar jackson with a passer rating of above 150 since 2019 no other quarterback has more than two so i mean this guy gets slept on from the pocket because he doesn't put up the massive numbers but he's incredibly efficient and then you can throw in what he does with his legs 
he won MVP in the NFL for a reason. I mean, this guy can ball. And, you know, until now, he's kind of done it without that stud number one receiver. And I don't even know if Flowers is going to be like a Terrell Owens in his prime, a guy who's going to go catch 12 balls for a buck 40 and a couple scores. Like, but he gets open and Lamar Jackson buys time and, and they certainly make it work. So the Ravens, yeah, I, I like what they're doing this year in that tough AFC North. Uh, Scalding Gord chiming in here at the text line one 401 OG Ananobi is the rapper to have in fantasy this year. Free tip. Yeah, I mean, we like OG. He does a lot of good things for the Toronto Raptors. Stout defender. I, I wonder if he might be moved on from a guy who maybe he could bring in uh, some nice assets. I, I will say I was on the count that maybe he should have been moved last year, but just looking at the old statistics here, just just 25 years old. He's been in the league since he was 20 uh, average last year, 16.8 points per game, just under two steals a game, couple assists, uh, about a block a game. Yeah. Very versatile for OG Ananobi. Uh Raptors and the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight out in Toronto. Uh, Brandon, I, I mean, we had a lot of NHL going on last night. I don't know if you got a chance to watch any of the NBA, but uh, there was that doubleheader for the NBA uh, fantasy players out there. You had the Joker. I'm going to bring up what he finished with at the end of the game, but in like midway through the first quarter, I think he was up to 10 points. Is he the most dominant? No, I mean, who's the most dominant fantasy athlete right now? Is it in you? I mean, it's tough to go sport to sport, but I had a lot of people telling me and telling you that if you had the Joker in NBA, like it was almost unfair because he's like Gretzky in the eighties. He's just putting up such big numbers and no one else can really compete with him. Yeah. He dominates so many statistical categories, which I think is a popular format. Um, for NBA fantasy and of course even if you're just handing out points for um, blocks assists etc it's still going to add up because he I mean is that a a 29 point I believe triple double last night for him (laughs) yeah the 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 only comparison is is right here at home for us and it is Connor McDavid in the NHL he wins the scoring race by such a wide margin seemingly year after year and is no sign of slowing down of course this injury is about the only thing that can do that for him that's the only real comparison because even in football, I mean, your top performers, it, it seems so much more likely to miss. Uh, with only one game a week, it's like if you're not feeling up 100% and you sit out a week or the bye week or whatever, compared to Jokic, even if he does do, which I don't believe he's been a, a strong or strongly used in the load management type role with the Nuggets, like he plays a lot. And uh, even if he misses a game or two here or there, like, there's still that many games in a season where much like in hockey, a single player can can really take you over the hump and win for you pretty much uh, you know, start to finish over the course of an entire year. Just wanted to look that one up because that that is an interesting thing. Load management has become a very popular thing in the NBA for certain players, and it, it's got to be extremely disappointing you know, for the fans that maybe want to go out and see a Jokic or a LeBron and then to have them do the load management thing. He's never played... 82 games in a season last year he played 69 the year before that 74 72 73 80 73 59 55 some of those obviously due to injury but yeah it it it, that's got to make fantasy in the nba a little bit tougher when you start to see guys doing the old 
load management, and you got to stay on top of that. Uh, Joker last night, 29 points, as you mentioned, 13 rebounds, 11 assists. LeBron James, 21 points, 8 rebounds. Still got it. Devin Booker, I mean, that would be a guy I think he'd like to have, especially with Durant out there in the desert with him. 32 points, 6 rebounds, 8 helpers. Steph Curry at 27 points. So for those who get into the fantasy NBA, yeah, there's lots of guys out there who can do pretty impressive things. Scalding Gord says, fantasy football trades prove why most people would never actually be a good GM. I'm not entirely sure what Gord means by this because <laughs> being the general manager of a fantasy football team is seemingly glaringly obviously nothing like being a real general manager of any sort of team out there because you're looking at completely different things that you're trying to accomplish right you're just looking for individual statistics not team results like a real gm would be so i don't really see where you're coming from on that one gord but uh i will agree with you most people in my fantasy football leagues would not be real gms or not be good real gms but it has nothing to do with the the trades they make within our league. So uh, I'll uh, I'll have to semi disagree with you on that one. I mean, if you go back to my Madden days, I built dynasties. <laughs> so maybe maybe it takes more than just fantasy. Yeah, but check the tape. If Gord. you do it on fantasy and Madden, then maybe there's something to it. Yeah, it's tough to go out there and fleece GMs in in the real world. Uh, text here, little wide receiver position from Trucker Joe. Hey guys, would you use Addison or Downs? Addison is in Green Bay. You have Josh Downs taking on the Colts. Marshawn Lattimore. He can shut guys down. That can be a tough matchup. I think I I really like Addison. Um, just going with the the quarterback play too. Not not that Minshew can't do it. But I think Kirk Cousins does it a little bit better. And even if Addison has to bail him out and save him from an interception here and there, I think I like Addison in that upside. And side note as a Chargers fan, kicking kicking Tom Telesco. Why did you not draft him? Why Quentin Johnston? When Quentin Johnston has yet to be utilized, it is extremely frustrating. What do you think, Downs or Addison? This is a pretty much a no-brainer. Jordan Addison just had a, a breakout game, and I mean, it's, it's 123 yards. It's nothing too crazy, but a couple touchdowns, a couple great catches, like you said, bailing out uh, his boy, <laughs> Kirky, Kirky Two Chains. The, the Downs downs in Indianapolis, uh, like you said, going up against the Saints, is I'm interested to see how this develops because Gardner Minshew is playing quarterback for the Colts the rest of the season. Um and no matter how many uh, confirmed calls that the NFL got wrong, according to Jim Irsay, that the, the Colts can <laughs> can prove, I, I'm just not in love with this this offense, especially the passing side of it with Gardner Minshew. He's, he's a fine player, and he, and he had all, by all accounts had a pretty good game this weekend. But if you're thinking long-term, like when he has been handed the reins to be a starter, it usually does not last uh, successfully. So I think with Jonathan Taylor back and looking very much like his old self this past weekend, I think they're going to recommit themselves to the run game. Um, they've proven they got a couple guys that can uh, do it effectively with uh, Taylor, Zach Moss. So I'm not in love with the, the Colts passing game the rest of the way down the season. I think it'll be very hit or miss. Whereas Jordan Addison, even once Jefferson comes back, once again, long-term look, I think he's going to be a, a great, great option. But as long as he's still WR1 for the Vikings, I think he's a must-start player. Yeah, I am totally with you. I mean, they're not just going to change their offense, right? They're still going to try to push that ball downfield. And like you said, the, the Colts with Gardner Minshew, and it probably should have been this way with Anthony Richardson, I think he got to establish that run. And Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss, uh, two great backs 
maybe the best duo of backs in the NFL. So so why not carry the the load that way and try to use that to open up the passing game? Scalding Gore says fantasy managers panic, real GMs can't. Well, yeah. I don't think we're ever going to compare ourselves to the real GMs. Like, those guys are so dialed in with everything that's going on, especially the good ones. I mean, I work in radio. My buddies work at, like, construction jobs and go home and do their fantasy managing their fantasy football team there's definitely nothing in between uh there there they're different breeds than us uh, we'll take a break here when we come back uh, we'll be our canadian brew house fantasy wizard Stephen ellis with daily face off we'll talk to him about uh yeah what's going on in the nhl there were so many games last night did anyone open his eyes going forward players you might want to look at in the nhl season the weeks the days to come and uh a whole lot more. The text line is one 401 if you want to get in on the conversation. It is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Hallie and Douglas brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Good morning and thank you for tuning in to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor, Hallie, and Brandon Douglas with you today. Taking a look around the world of fantasy sports for the next 37 minutes or so, give or take. Here on Sports 1441, 833-401-1440 is the text line if you want to get in on the conversation or potentially you got a question for our next guest. It is our Fantasy Wizard brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. You can join the CBH for Monday, Thursday, and Sunday night football for your chance to win awesome game day prizes and qualify for a trip for two to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Brandon will be at the North Edmonton, no, sorry, downtown Edmonton location for tomorrow night's game when the Bills take on the Bucks. Should be a good one. We bring in Stephen Ellis from Daily Faceoff. You can give him a follow on Twitter or X at S Ellis Hockey. Stephen, a good afternoon where you are. How are you doing today? How are you doing? Doing good, thank you. Uh, so yesterday, quite the day in the NHL, obviously. The frenzy was on, uh, 16 games being played. I, I want to ask you, uh, for someone who does fantasy sports or potentially even daily fantasy, uh, what were your thoughts on all the action yesterday? I had a terrible day for both of my teams, that in both my <laughs> leagues. Um, let's just say I'm, I put Connor Bedard a few times in my lineup, and each time the guy that I end up taking out of the lineup, in this case, Joel Erickson Act, does significantly better. Uh, so I lost a lot of points, but you know, that was, I, I can't recall a day that was that like obviously being the, just the second day ever with 32 teams, but I don't know if I've ever been more like just enamored by how exciting of a day that was fantasy wise, just checking it every five minutes because it was getting updated so often. So not a good day for me, but definitely one of my favorite days of fantasy hockey ever. Yeah. I mean, it was super cool. It's something that, you know, going forward, I'd love to see them try to do on maybe a Saturday or a Sunday so we can sit back all day on the couch and just watch hockey nonstop. But if it's got to be on a Tuesday, we'll take that too. Well, one guy who I guess got off the schneid yesterday, despite, you know, it was a losing effort from his team was Alexander Ovechkin, a guy who's been a mainstay in fantasy hockey for, you know, the entirety of his career. We've had people texting into our show asking about Ovi and, you know, is is this the year he, he drops off and looks like a normal human or I guess someone who's just finally acting his age. What do you see out of Alexander Ovechkin this year? And do you think we should be expecting a bit of a step back for him? I You know, I think... He's been able to kind of age at this point and being so effective. Like he's 38 right now, so we kind of would expect him to fall down. But like you know, 42 goals last year, 50 goals the year before that. We don't typically see guys past 35 putting up those goals. So I think it's pretty fair to expect him to fall down. I think the way this season started was was a bit of a surprise. Like I'm still looking at a guy that I, you know, right now he's on pace for like 15, 16 goals. I think he should still hit 30 no matter what. 
Um, but it's just, you know, this capital team's a tough one to watch right now. Not a lot going for them. Nick Backstrom's not looking anywhere like he did pre-injury. And when you see Ovechkin just, you know, last night was kind of the performance we know he can do. So maybe that'll give him the, the kind of the, you know, like when goal scorers aren't scoring, it gets to their head. But for Ovechkin, he knows how to get out of these things. So maybe last night's game was kind of what he needs for that confidence builder. I still think he'll hit... 50 points. I still think he'll get 30 goals, but the, the real thing here is it's a five-game sample size at this point. Stephen Ellis joining us here on Fantasy Frenzy. You can get his work at Daily Faceoff. Give him a follow on Twitter or X at as Ellis Hockey. Uh, we've got a pretty big event coming to town here in Edmonton over the weekend. Of course, it is the Heritage Classic, Oilers and Flames. I want to ask you, I mean, if you're in Daily Fantasy per chance or maybe even you have Oilers and Flames on your roster uh, does the uncertainty with maybe the weather and the outdoor conditions give you any uh, cause for for concern in this game absolutely and if you're going to that game definitely bundle up it's been just the outdoor <laughs> games and every single time I am miserable from the from the cold but it's a cool experience anyways uh, I think you know if we've learned anything from outdoor games, it's don't expect a, a ton of shots. If you're expecting, uh, like dry cycle to get six or seven shots, it's probably not going to happen. It's, it's something where it's the ice conditions aren't going to be great. I would expect a few delays, um, and, and things like that. So we, we've seen in the past that you just, you got to be careful and whatever you would expect in a normal game between these two teams, expect a lot less of that in terms of shot count and, and things like that. And one thing that we have seen is guys going for hits to try and warm themselves up. So you might see guys that don't throw a lot of hits actually doing it to physically try to stay warmer, which I always think is kind of fun. Stephen Ellis from the Daily Faceoff joins us here. Hallie and Douglas on Sports 1440. This is Fantasy Frenzy. Stephen, I uh, I saw on your Twitter last night, you were, as you always are, out hounding down the underground scene at the Marlies game. Um, you're the big prospects guy over at DFO, so you watch more tape on these young players, both when they're coming up to the draft and then as they continue to, to develop as well. Somebody I wanted to ask you about um, in Anaheim, and this is a bit of a selfish question as I am a, a Ducks fan here living in Edmonton. Pavel Minchikov, um, you know, who's the, a top 10 pick by the Ducks a couple seasons ago, and I think for most casual NHL fans, or basically fans outside of Anaheim, if you'd asked who would have been the standout rookie defenseman this season for Anaheim, it would have been Olin Zellweger. He's down seasoning in San Diego, but what do you what have you thought about uh, Minchikov down with the Ducks so far? He's running their top power play unit. Yeah, you know, if I had to pick who I thought of those two would be the, the bigger impact guy, and it, it was Minchikov. It just the way he was able to dominate last year in the OHL and play of quality players. He was that setup guy for Michael Misa, who, if you don't know, is the projected top 2025 um, first overall pick. So having a guy like that to always pass to really helps. But he's just, he's so smart with the puck. He skates well. He's a great 2A defenseman. Um, so I, I think that this is a guy that's going to be leading the power play for a long time. If that's your number one power play defenseman, and then Zellweger's your number two, like that is unfair. Uh, and then you have Tristan Luneau, who's also coming through through the system, and I expect to be a big part of the World Junior team for Canada, where you know those guys were all the top defensemen of their respective CHL leagues last year. And there's Jamie Drysdale. So the Ducks are a team that I'm really excited about for the future. To me, has one of the best futures in the NHL. It's going to be a few years. Um, but when it comes with Minchikov, it's no-brainer for me. This is a guy that's going to put up 50 points a season in the NHL, maybe as soon as the next two or three years. 
Yeah, he's uh, he's really impressed me through the first uh, few games of the season. And uh, just before we move off of the uh, the prospect side of thing and, and rookie players with the fantasy uh, side drawn in two, we're a couple weeks into the season. Um, the the Adam Fantillies and Connor Bedards, of course, came in with a lot of hype. But uh, it's another rookie out in Boston. Uh, Matthew Poitras has probably turned the most heads. Between Poitras uh, and maybe a few other names, who's really impressed you um, from an actual production and fantasy perspective for rookies so far? Uh, well, for sure, it's got to be Ridley Gregg, who, who's shooting well. He's got five points. He throws a lot of hits. And uh, he and Logan Cooley right now are tied for the first rookie scoring. So Ridley Gregg out of Ottawa is someone I'm a really big fan of. Uh, I, and then, of course, you got to go with Logan Cooley. You're looking at Arizona where uh, Barrett Hayton is not looking as good as a lot of people thought. I believe he hasn't got a point yet this year. And Meanwhile, Cooley is still looking for his first goal, but he's got a lot of assists. He's got them all in the power play. That is worth knowing. Uh, all power play is this, but he's getting those opportunities. So uh, those two are looking good. With with Poitra, I, I kind of expect him to go. I, I think even after the nine games, I still think he's going to head back to Guelph because he's been kind of up and down at the points this year. And he saw his ice time fall down. He did see a good couple games for him recently, but that's someone I do kind of expect could still go back to the OHL. But when it comes to Greg and Cooley, those are two guys that I'm I'm loving right now. Stephen Ellis from Daily Faceoff, our guest here on Fantasy Frenzy on Sports 1440. Last one for me, Stephen. The Vegas Golden Knights remain undefeated in their cup defense. Um, they're a team that kind of comes at you with all four lines. They roll all top six uh, of their defensemen as well. And even on the goaltending, goaltending side of things, they love to split duty with Logan Thompson back in the mix. So with the Knights having so much success uh, outside of their big, big names, is there other guys on their roster that you can see continuing to have a success moving forward that if they're out there on the waiver wire, people should be looking at picking up? Well, right now, Caden Korzak, you know, he hasn't played every game, but he's been a point-per-game guy as a rookie, which is pretty cool to see. But, uh, you know, Paul Cotter is someone who just continues to push himself up the lineup. Uh, he's a, I believe he's listed as a center and a wing in fantasy, which is really good. But he's got five points this year. He's been very valuable. And when you look at this team, they've got goals from nearly every single skater already this year. Like, yeah, you look at guys like Petrangelo doesn't have a goal, but he's only played two games. But most everybody else has found a way to produce uh, in, in the net. So uh, the fact that Paul Cotter's been kind of just one of these guys like Chandler Stevenson a few years ago that was kind of underrated, but it's kind of fought his way up to play more, get more ice time, get more opportunities. I like what he's doing there. So that's something I'd be keeping on. Really great stuff today, Stephen. Appreciate you hopping on the program with us. And uh, for those who want to catch your work, Daily Face Off, best spot to get it. Yeah, absolutely. There we go. That is Stephen Ellis. Thanks so much for doing this today. Really appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, guys. Check him out online, Daily Faceoff, also part of the Leafs Network, and on Twitter or X at S Ellis Hockey. Always appreciate Stephen coming on the program. And yeah, you nailed it. I mean, if you want prospects, he's the guy you got to go to. He'll talk circles around us. That guy watches more, and not just to prospects, just hockey in general. There's more film, breaks it down than anybody I've yet to come across in, uh, you know, albeit a brief time so far in this business. That guy just loves watching puck. Like he was out watching an AHL game yesterday just to keep tabs on uh, some of the guys he's, you know, been keeping track of as prospects rather than camping out on the couch like the rest of us jabronis watching uh, 16 games of NHL action live as it happens. He probably got home and watched them all back on replay afterwards. 
I love it. I love that passion. That's what we need. And that's what we bring you on the Fantasy Frenzy program here on Sports 1440. He was our Fantasy Wizard brought to you by the Canadian Brew House, sending you to the Super Bowl. Uh, Brandon, we talked about it a little bit beforehand. You'll be heading down to the downtown location, not the Ice House, but the downtown location, uh, kind of by Oliver. I think that's that's a reference point people can use. Yeah, right on 109th Street, just a few blocks north of Jasper Avenue. So you will be buying people drinks qualifying three people for a chance to go to the Super Bowl in Vegas, as well as the very cool elimination process of trying to qualify someone for a home opener of their choice next season? Or does someone actually win the prize of going to the game next season each night? So on Thursdays, how it works. So we do our draw at halftime, which is for the golden ticket to come back to that location for the championship weekend watch party where they're giving away the Super Bowl tickets, 70-inch TV, etc., uh, and then at the end of the game, we do our, this is just exclusive when you and I are there, Connor, our Ice House watch party ticket giveaway. Oh, yeah. But then also at the end of the game on Thursdays, we give away a second location golden ticket. But that winner of that one, they hang around uh, for a few minutes after the game and basically up on the screen, whatever location is left on the randomizer eliminator. For example, if if downtown Edmonton is the last one on that screen on Thursday night, that name I draw right there they win tickets to a home opener next year. So cool. Very, like, I can't believe it. What a prize. I've seen I've seen it go down, like, the uh, on social media, and I'm like, man, if you, if you were one of those final couple locations, you'd be so nervous. Uh, Mondays, we do the barbecue meat package, which, you know, in itself is a lot, and I, there's one at every location, so people are taking home a couple hundred dollars worth of meat. Uh, but going to a game next year for the Thursday night giveaway, that's pretty impressive as well. Uh, there's always a good time down at the Canadian Brew House. I was joined by about seven friends at the North Edmonton location on Monday night. Had a good time. Had a Vikings fan with me. Had a pundit. And had someone who just needed uh, Brock Purdy to complete like 20 passes or whatever it was. So we were uh, a loud table. There was a lot of people getting into it. It's a lot of fun down at the Brew House. You can be as loud as you want. They're not going to judge. And uh, I believe it is the Boo House. I think they've got some Halloween things going on coming up shortly as well you definitely want to check it out online we'll take a break here when we come back we'll jump back into the text messages we got a couple texts coming in here we got raider jesse and scalding gourd gourd by the way says ovi will catch fire and have 15 by the end of their november 10th game versus jersey the caps will still be mediocre but at least the grade eight will get his yeah you got to think he's gonna find a way i mean we could see a lot of these caps lose 4-1 ovi gets lone goal like we saw against the Maple Leafs last night. We'll see what happens, though. Well, we'll take a break here. When we come back, more questions from the inbox, maybe some daily fantasy advice. Only two games on the ice tonight, but some games in the NBA you might want to pay attention to. It is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Hallie and Douglas brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Canadian royalty, Great Big C. What a song. Can't believe it's taken us this long to get it into the... uh, into the fantasy frenzy brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. But we got it in finally. I think that one's officially making my list for a feel-good Friday yeah. mornings with the, on the Carrier Show. God, I love Great Big C. I, I, they're one of those bands that I almost forget about <laughs> just like for patches, and then I'll go on a binge of them and listen to nothing but Great Big C for two weeks. And I'll be like, well, that was fun, and then forget about them for another six months. One of my old roommates... Good guy, Alex, uh, lives out in Halifax. He's from Halifax, but he came in and we used to just bug him that like they were Halifax. I don't know if they're from Halifax. They might be from Newfoundland, but yeah, 
great, great song. Gets you, gets you fired up. So yeah, that would be a good one to throw in there on your Fridays, of course, here on Sports 1440. We've got lots of great things coming up for you later on in the day. We've got the Lowdown with Low Tide coming up at 2, no, sorry, noon. Noon today, yes, as usual. Of course, they will recap the Oilers and Wild. They will talk to Dave Raymond, the voice of the Texas Rangers. What a get. They'll talk about the Rangers. What a team. Rangers Diamondbacks. I don't know how many people would have predicted that one going into the start of the year as the World Series, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Also, Bruce McCurdy will be by from the Cult of Hockey. That'll be at 1 o'clock. They'll take your text and message. Low Tide will try to calm you all down. I know we're passionate, but Low Tide, the... He'll, he'll be talking people, talking them down, and uh, we'll see what happens. That could be temporary because if the Oilers go out and lay an egg on Thursday night, we're going to be equally mad on Friday. Today on the Jason Greger Show, we do have Josh Lewenberg, TSN's Toronto Raptors reporter, talking a little raps as they get their season going. Uh, Mike Rupp will join us at 4 o'clock, former NHLer and current NHL Network analyst, and Mark Spector will be 5. We've also got Who Is It? which has become a very popular segment on the Jason Greger Show Wednesdays from 3 to 4. We've been very fortunate to have some really good guests come into the studio, and that's going to continue today. I can't tell you anything, but to let you know, we, we basically give hints on who our guest will be from 2 till 3. You try to guess it, and then from 3 to 4, we've got that guest in studio. So it's going to be a lot of fun today on the Jason Greger Show. Braden says... Guys, you are my favorite fantasy show. Sorry to my second play show, Matthew Barry. Oh, sorry, Matty. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming for you. Big dogs are in town now. <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you. Thank you, Brighton. We do appreciate you listening to our show. His question is, what do I do in my super flex position? Bryce Young, Joe Mixon, Tank Dell, or Devin Singletary? That's a good one. Because right off the top, I think the first thought would be, we got to go quarterback. Bryce Young's going to put up points. He's a point guard. He's a distributor. But he, he hasn't been, you know, that dynamic at the quarterback position so far in his career. A lot of upside there. Uh, you're a Tank Dell guy. Joel Mixon can can have big games, but we've seen some struggles with that, that offense on Cincinnati. Where do you go in this one, Brandon? Mixon seems like the obvious answer right at the top, mainly because of name value, if nothing else. But the Bengals got a tough matchup with the Niners on Sunday. Um, the Niners, I mean, they looked human on Monday night versus the Vikings. And uh, between Cam Akers and Madison, they were able to rip off a few decent runs. I would say Joe Mixon is better than both of those players as an individual. But it's tough to look optimistically against the that Niners defensive front, especially coming off of a loss. They might be, you know, feeling extra gritty and trying to shut uh, the opposition down. Uh, Devin Singletary, I think, is a non-starter. Yeah. Uh, he's not going... Like, he, he's got a, what I actually consider a surprising amount of reps behind Damian Pierce, and it's still not very many. Uh, I think Pierce should be getting the ball almost every down, uh, barring a quick breather or something. So, to me, it comes down to between Joe Mixon and Tank Dell. Bryce Young is up against the Texans, um, who are not an uh, incredibly good defensive team, but I just haven't seen enough from Bryce Young yet to to justify starting him, even if it is in the second QB spot. So for me, it's between Mixon and Dell. It it's Dell's not even 100% confirmed he's going to play yet, I believe. I think he is still listed as questionable as he's coming out of concussion protocol. He participated in sort of a optional sort of practice on Monday, I think it was, for the Texans. So 
If Dell's healthy, I like the start. The Panthers are terrible. C.J. Stroud and him coming off the bye, they've had great chemistry to start the year. Uh, but if there's, if it's coming down to the wire about whether Dell's going to play, don't feel bad about putting Mixon in, even with the Bengals, you know, not looking like the Bengals we maybe expected at the start of the season. It's funny when you look in that Texans backfield because Damian Pierce, 97 carries, 281 for one touchdown, like not good numbers, but I don't think anyone blames him and says he's a bad running back. It's like the situation is just not going the, the well Tex- for him. The Texans were without their o- there's four of their five O-linemen, starting O-linemen for the first few games of the season, which played yeah. a huge role. But even since they've come back, Pierce hasn't necessarily gotten things going like myself and probably other Texans fans would have hoped. But I still have high hopes for this guy. He, I think probably some people are kicking themselves for drafting him a little bit too high because he came in as a big... I don't want to say under the radar, but he had, a, he had a pretty good rookie season before going down with injury, was close to a front runner for offensive rookie of the year before that injury. But I, I have confidence he'll get things going again. It's um it's going to be a feeling out process. Of course, a new quarterback in there too with the, the rookie Stroud. But I, I'm still high on Damian Pierce. I, I don't um I don't hate it. And Devlin Singletary, nothing but a stopgap veteran uh, playing behind him. Certainly thought he'd be a, a major guy for the breakout player of the year. Uh, runs hard, doesn't give up a lot. But like you said, and even when those linemen come back healthy, uh, you got to find that chemistry. So we'll see if that gets any better for Damian Pierce. Uh, on the flip side, Bryce Young. Yeah, I mean, I, I love to say he has a good game. It's number one versus number two from the NFL draft with Stroud and Young. So I, there has to be a little bit of a, a personal motivation there to get going. Uh, proving for one that the Panthers made the right pick and on the other side maybe Stroud wanted to say hey you guys goofed he made the wrong pick uh, that'll be an interesting game but yeah I think I'm, I think Mixon might be safe uh, we, uh, just uh, before we move on uh, you talked about the uh, top two picks we just about had that last night in the NHL Columbus uh, hosting Anaheim <laughs> yeah. which was weird we I don't know if we talked about it on air but I was looking forward to that game was supposed to start at 4 30 mountain time did not get going till close to seven o'clock. There was some sort of power outages throughout the arena district in Columbus or something. I don't know what the full story was. All I know is I got home through it on and it kept saying upcoming on my uh, my Sportsnet Plus. And then I checked Twitter and stuff and it's like, oh yeah, no, this game's now scheduled for 6.30. And then of course with that, naturally <laughs> the, the delay that we all know with yeah. NHL games, it was pretty close to seven. So that was frustrating. But back to the original point, Leo Carlson was not playing. I think he was battling something a little nagging. Um, but Adam, Fan- Adam Fantilli scored a goal. Uh, nice against, against the team that passed him up at uh, second overall. Revenge. Yeah, but he's probably going to stink and Leo Carlson be a Hall of Famer. So, Yeah, very likely. Uh, I think they'll both have great careers, <laughs> hopefully. Uh, statistically, that's not always the case, but let's hope. one uh, 401 is the text line. It's Fantasy Frenzy brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Hallie and Douglas with you. Uh, Raider Jesse says, I'm my dynasty league. I'm doing a bit of a rebuild. Managed to pull off Keenan Allen and Devontae Adams. I assume you're sending them out for T. Higgins, a 2024 second and a 2025 fifth, fifth pl- first, sorry, plus Marvin Mims. I tried getting a second for Keenan Allen all off season. No takers worked out well for me. Yeah, he's been fantastic this year. Uh, glad to see that one worked out for you, Raider Jesse. Uh, Kyle from Millwood says, I just traded McKinnon in fantasy for Brady Kachuk and Adam Larson. I first thought that was Jarek McKinnon, but it seems it's Nathan McKinnon for Brady Kachuk and Adam Larson. Do I win that trade? I mean, Brady Kachuk is pretty good in a lot of categories, right? Like he, he'll take some penalty minutes and hits. Obviously, we know points. Adam Big Larson last night. Yeah, like you got to like that. Nathan McKinnon, unbelievable point scorer. What, what do you think? The Adam Larson addition is 
almost a throw-in thing. Unless your league is, uh, it, it, maybe it's a category league where hits and blocks are their own separate categories. Larson provides value there. Uh, but if it's a points, a points thing where unless those same categories are way overvalued um, statistically, then Adam Larson isn't a huge fantasy contributor for me. And I mean, he's big for Seattle and their defense, and they need their defense more than ever. They continue to struggle to score goals. Uh, a big win last night against Detroit. But Nathan McKinnon is kind of a unicorn. He's not quite as you know skilled, per se, as Connor McDavid. He's pretty well just as fast. He can shoot. The, he can do everything offensively. But he does have a nasty streak to him too. He's known to throw in the body, throw the body around more than probably other players of his same caliber. Um, and he's kind of a snap show too. So uh, <laughs> penalties are not, and pims are not out of the question. Some leagues I know have negative points for penalties. I think that's ludicrous because um, it just makes guys like McKinnon and Brady Kachuk even more um, valuable because uh, they can do everything uh, top to bottom across uh, all all your category spots. So did you win the trade? I don't know. To me, it's pretty close to straight up. Brady Kachuk for McKinnon. I think McKinnon is the better player, but depending on setup, Larson could have some value. I'll say it's a, I'll say it's a fair trade. I think both guys came out looking pretty good on this one. Imitation Tom says, if it's categories, maybe, but no, you lost the best player. Yeah. If you're building the team, yeah, Nathan McKinnon's the guy. Although, maybe on the ice, you know, you, you get Adam Larson's physicality. He's a pretty good player out there in Seattle. We know him quite well here. This comes in from Kurt from Barhead. Hey, guys, got a wide receiver spot open. Would you fill it with Hollywood Brown, Zay Flowers, or Chris Godwin, or even Josh Palmer? He has Jalen Warren in here, says he could use him in the flex spot. Jalen Warren, to me, what I thought he was going to be was Pollard the last two years behind Zeke, where he still gets his his cookies he gets the reps and gets chances he still does but it seems like they really want to go heavy with Najee Harris and he got the touchdown last week Najee Harris looked about as good as he has as a Pittsburgh Steeler last week Um, since his rookie year since his rookie season for sure so I think that was a promising sign for you know Matt Canada and his weird (laughs) approach to that offense where it's just like continue to run the ball even though Najee Harris has not proven super effective at it um, over his brief NFL career so far. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't think Warren could be in the mix here when you have these other uh, guys available. We, we've pumped Zay Flowers' tires all season long. I know you're a big believer in Josh Palmer. You were trying to convince me to pull the trigger on a, a trade offer I had involving Palmer earlier this week. I'm still kind of hemming and hawing that one. I, I think it comes down to between Flowers and Palmer. Chris Godwin, I know you're a big fan of his as well, Connor. The Bucks play on Thursday night, though, so you'd have to yeah. make that decision quicker, which I'm never a fan of. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd say Palmer or Flowers. I'll probably opt towards Flowers because the Ravens seem like they're on a roll after last week's blowout win over the Lions. Yeah, and I will say, like, I am a biased Chargers fan, but I've also watched every game. Justin Herbert really likes Josh Palmer. Mm-hmm. And although Justin Herbert has made some questionable decisions, uh, that whole center to quarterback exchange is not smooth. Uh, he did go for 133 yards last week, and he's he's got some major upside. So I think Josh Palmer would be a good one, and then Zay Flowers as well. Toss a coin between those two. Uh, I like Godwin, but I don't. I, I think Baker Mayfield's going with uh, his guy Mike Evans. So. I like Palmer or Flowers there, and I do have Lee Jalen Warren on my bench because I'm just waiting for him to take over. Uh, last one we'll get to here, A-Z-A-Z, whatever you want to go with. I got Watson and Pierce for a first and a third yesterday. Watson is out again, and Pierce is inconsistent. think it'll pay off for the playoffs. Uh, I hope so. I, th- I think Damian Pierce at some point is going to break out and, and be a really good running back, 
give that offense for the Houston Texans some balance. Watson, I mean, I think we're talking to Sean, probably not Christian. Maybe. I don't know. I'm really not sure. So it's a first and a third, so it's a keeper league. So you have those guys going forward. I think that might be kind of the the nice thing, that even if it doesn't pay off towards the end of the season, it's going to hopefully pay off for you in the future. But we shall see. you got to go for it sometimes. Uh, Evan, very quickly, we'll throw this one your way, Brandon, as it's loading. Boys, I can trade Kevin Fiala for Malkin. Kevin Fiala and Malkin for Makar. Do I pull the trigger? Kale McCarr is so good. He's that unbelievable. That goal last night was <laughs> incredible. Kale McCarr is far and away the best uh, defenseman in the NHL, fantasy-wise, real-life-wise, in my opinion. There's a lot of good guys, but he's next tier. I say go for it. Yeah. Swing I'm for the fences. Him. He's so damn good. <laughs> he's, a, he's a threat out there. Uh, that's going to do it for us on the show today. Big thank you to everyone who tuned in to the, uh, the show jumped in the conversation with the text line Stephen Ellis of Daily Fantasy big thank you to him as well if you missed it go check out the podcast on Apple or Spotify wherever you get it from make sure you subscribe as well that'll do it for us for Brandon Douglas I'm Connor Halley thanks for tuning in up next it is the lowdown with low tide but first an update brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove and West Edmonton Mall wilhawkbeefjerky.com here is Brandon Douglas